Welcome back to the Balance Bowley Podcast for ambitious women in business and a few brave men. I'm your host, Nikita Rinthigpen. Always excited to be with you. Let's take a pause and a breath as we always do and lean into what is going to be the most thrilling and exciting and interesting next 20-ish minutes of your time today. As we are rounding out mental health awareness, because that's where we're coming from, and moving into the awareness of little people and making sure that they are protected and safe, we have to look at why they wouldn't be protected and safe. We have to look at the adults that care for them, the adults that are dealing with their own figure outables, as Marie Forleo would say, trying to maneuver through life and their own ailments and issues, including those who are still not completely aware of how much their well-being overall, their holistic well-being, as well as their mental health and wellness is impacting all of their relationships. For those of you who have been following the podcast, you guys know I'm a balancing relationship advisor with a clinical and trauma specialist background and all those good things. So I'm always looking through the lens of safety and taking care of people and making sure that they have not only the self-awareness for themselves, but they take actions. It's one thing to be like, oh, I'm aware I have these issues. It's another to move forward into action, to try to support yourself, to strengthen your coping skills, maybe to treat those issues should such issues need to be treated. All of those things need to happen because your relationships affect people in a 360 degree manner. It is not just you. It is not just the people you work with. It's not just the people that you raise. It's also the people that you are connected to in a more intimate matter. Your forever lovers, the ones you thought were going to be forever lovers, your siblings, your cousins, and people you pass on the street. We have to be mindful of our energy at all time, which is why I thought we would take you know, a little bit of a moment to throw a curveball and introduce this exciting, energetic woman who I absolutely adore for so many reasons. One, because of her boldness, and two, because of her tenacity to push through really difficult circumstances in the biggest way possible that you can imagine considering. We'll get into it in a minute. I want to introduce this New York best. New York Times, let me be very clear, New York Times bestselling author, Allison Raskin. She's the co-host of the popular podcast, Just Between Us. So make sure you guys bookmark that and go check it out. And co-creator of the YouTube channel by the same name. Allison has written and developed multiple TV shows and created the original scripted podcast, Gossip. We'll talk about that later too. She's a vocal mental health advocate and she runs a mental health focused Instagram because she doesn't want to have a curated feed that's all about how grand her life is. She wants to take responsibility and make sure that you guys have access to additional tools for yourself and for those you love. Allison, welcome to the BBP. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. I would love you to talk a little bit about this new book that you have coming out right now that I know you're on tour for at the time of the, you know, the time that we're recording the show. What's going on? What made you write it? And why did you feel like you had to be tenacious and get through the writing of it in the midst of all that the world was giving you? Yeah, so the book is called Overthinking About You, Navigating Romantic Relationships When You Have Anxiety, OCD, and or Depression. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it seems to be the first book that really looks at the intersection of dating, romantic relationships, and mental health. Mm-hmm. And 
that's wild to me, <laughs> you know, like I think, um, as someone who has struggled with her mental health since I was four years old, I was actually diagnosed with OCD when I was in preschool. Mm hmm you know, I've constantly been in negotiation with my own brain, trying to get to a better place. But until a few years ago, dating and romantic relationships was such a huge trigger for me. It was like an area of my life where I just like could not feel in control. I felt like my willpower went out the door. I became the worst version of myself in so many ways. And it was really hard. And then it's also just something we don't talk about, right? We don't really mm -hmm. give people the skills or the insight into how to, to handle these huge parts of our life that bring up all of our vulnerabilities and insecurities and mm -hmm. um, rejection. And we just sort of expect people to know how to date and how to do it well and how to not let it blow up their life. <laughs> right. And so I felt like, oh, now that I'm finally, you know, in my late 20s, early 30s, figuring this thing out, it felt like, oh, I should share this with people. This feels like yeah. an under-discussed topic. Um, and it also think, feels like things that are, there are tangible takeaways. And, mm -hmm. and so the book is really filled with a lot of expert interviews with mental health professionals, dating experts, couples, so that it's not just me sharing my own journey, but, you know, professionals who can really give you some tips and tricks for how to make this whole thing a little less overwhelming and scary. Yeah, I really did appreciate that when I was reading a lot of the synopsis and the reviews of your book, the fact that you were bringing in other experts to not just, you know, support your narrative of what you went through personally, but could say, listen, I've worked with thousands of clients. I've worked with hundreds of clients in this. I've really been in the field for a while and giving those additional perspectives kind of in a, a scientific peer-reviewed way to support what you knew as truth because you were like a um, real person over here, real person who really went through it. And it's unfortunate that in today's society, we need to have things validated and verified by experts, but it does help to know that you're sharing it from a lens of this isn't a man bashing you know, book where I'm just like, we hate all men. We don't want to be with anyone or we hate all romantic relationships, period, because they're not sensitive to what we're dealing with. This is something that I went through. These were the things that I had to look at for myself that I knew were also contributing challenges, adding to what could have been uh, perceived as a more difficult person to be in a relationship with when I wasn't the best version of myself. I owned it. I did my work for it. i found myself in a situation where I could attract a better person and life doesn't stop there because still other people's imperfections, whether they have mental health diagnoses or not, still show up. People are always peopling, as my husband says. They <laughs> always tell on themselves, right? You give them long enough, they tell on themselves. And I know for you, when you were in the middle of writing this book, your partner told on themselves and how they acted at a certain point during the relationship. Do you want to share anything about that? So while I was writing the book, I actually got engaged. And that was like the most exciting thing that had ever happened to me. I'm someone who's wanted to be married my entire life. And mm -hmm. I felt like, oh my God, I finally figured this out. I'm finally at a level of stability and safety that I have been craving for so long. Mm -hmm. And then six months later, he um, left <laughs> with mm -hmm. little to no explanation as to why yeah. outside of something is missing. Mm -hmm. And so it was this huge 
slow in so many ways. Um, Mm -hmm. But it was also this really interesting kind of experiment where when I had written the first draft of the book, I had written it with this line that was like, and even if my partner left me now, I know I would be okay. Mm. And when I, when I wrote that line, I was like, is this true? Like, or right. Like, I, I hope it's true, but I don't, I don't know for sure. Right. Um, and then I got to find out that it was, mm-hmm. <laughs> it was in fact true. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in the past when people had left me, it really made me fall apart. You know, yeah. I, I hated myself. I mm-hmm. often became, you know, I had a lot of suicidal ideation. I've self harmed mm-hmm. in the past due to breakups. Mm-hmm. And then here, this biggest breakup of my entire life was happening. You know, my fiance was walking out on me mm-hmm. and immediately I knew I was going to be okay. Yeah. Like I knew it was going to be awful. I knew I didn't want it. I knew it was going to hurt like hell, but I also had this sense that I would come on the other side of it, that eventually I would be okay and that I would continue to live a life that I loved. And having that perspective was so different than any other time in my life. And it kind of proved like the premise of the book that like relationships are always going to be hard. They're always going to be risky, but you can do things for yourself where if you set up the safety nets, if you set up the social support system, if Mm -hmm. you set up your coping skills, then they do not need to rock you the way that they maybe have in the past. No, which I appreciate on so many levels because what you pointed out was the juxtaposition that sometimes people don't want to focus on. The reality is the storm is coming. It's coming for all of us. We are not, if you have breath in your body and you are in this timeline called life that we're in right now in this dimension and realm, however you want to look at it, you will hit a storm because the weather is always doing what the weather does. And it doesn't always last and it doesn't always stay long, but it does come. And sometimes that storm is a tsunami and it is taking out everything, even the strongest structures. But once the water passes, so to speak, in this you know analogy and flows, there are some foundational pieces that if you're willing to do the work, you can collect them and put them back together and make them stronger so that when the next storm comes, it doesn't necessarily have to rock the foundation. And so what I'm hearing from you as those two sides, there were previous relationships. Those were other storms where my foundation wasn't as strong, that there were times when I wasn't sure I would have the strength or energy to sub to survive the storm, let alone be here to look at all the disastrous pieces around and say, do I want to put this back together? Do I have the energy to do that? And for some people, that is the suicidal ideation. That is the apathy and the lethargy that comes when you are severely depressed and you have zero energy to even pick up yourself to empty your bladder or brush your teeth, let alone to consider you know, I'm going to date again. I want to have life again. They're not quite there. And that's the reality that a lot of people, Allison, are not talking about. They're not talking about the fact that things can be really, really hard and you're not getting through that thing to say, well, I am never going to go through a hard thing again. Life is happening. Storms are coming. The question is really, are you going to be prepared for the next one so it's not as destructive if a storm, and they don't always come at the same angle, right? One came through a dating relationship. One might come from a parent disappointing you. One might come from a job that you thought you had in the bag and they said, nope, sorry, your time is up or no, we're going with another candidate. The storms come from different angles. They're not always the same, but the fact that you have shored up yourself to use that word 
which is funny because it's the name of your microphone as well, but (laughs) the fact that you've shored up yourself to be able to be stronger the next time, you didn't even know you were preparing yourself for something like this, to have the strength to be able to be like, all right, I'm in the middle of writing this book on, (laughs) right? Having a relationship and navigating, you know, very serious diagnoses and, and the way that it's impacted my life and in parentheses, A and D, and I'm going to be all right. You didn't even know you were speaking to yourself when you wrote that first line. It's true. And, and, you know, I think, I think when you have had past mental health struggles, Mm -hmm. there is this intrinsic fear that you're going to go back to that bad place Mm -hmm. that like you're, you know, even when I was getting better, I still had such visceral memories of not being okay and of having such severe anxiety, having depressive episodes, having my OCD be in control of me. Mm-hmm. And so you live in this fear of like returning to this dark place. But something that I've learned over the years and, and in talking to so many people is you will still have setbacks, but they might not be to the same degree. Mm-hmm. Like you might still you know, have your anxiety flare up, but your relationship to your anxiety is different. Right. Or when you have a depressive episode, you have more evidence that you've come out of depressive episodes before. Mm-hmm. So to be able to say, okay, so right now I'm not feeling like me, but I know I will return to me. Yeah. And so the fear sometimes is a little unfounded because you have it, it's not reflecting the work that you've done in the meantime. Mm-hmm. And that like you might you might never hit that low again. You might have lows, but your your lowest low might actually be behind you. Mm, I appreciate that so much. For everyone's listening, I hope that you're really absorbing what Allison is sharing. You get better each time. You can get better. Even if you've had some really egregious situations or storms and tsunamis that have hit you, you're not alone in it. You're definitely not the only human dealing with it. And sometimes it's helpful. Sometimes it's not to know that. You're like, I don't care about nobody else right now. I'm in the midst, right? My house just got blown down. I'm you know, not worried about anyone else. But when you come out of it, you want to know that you're not alone. And that this isn't just something that's attacking you from out of nowhere. You're not a horrible, broken person. And that's why these relationships aren't working. These are just the storms and you can get better and stronger and be more prepared each time. So I really appreciate it. So I have to ask you, with writing another book and being so honest and so vulnerable, which we honor you for here at the BBP, and sharing your story both written and on air while you're on tour and and telling your tell and making sure that the information is out there, how are you giving yourself permission to pause? That was a big journey for me. I used to have a schema around productivity where I thought if I wasn't working all the time that I was worthless and that, um, you know, living a freelance life and feeling like I need to be productive all the time or I won't have a career and then it'll all be my fault. And, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and I really had to unpack that. And I've had to do a lot of work in separating my my work from who I am and my value from my work and that just being a person alive in the world I have value just because I purely exist mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and also recognizing that when I take those pauses and when I relax and when I step away that's what nourishes me and allows me to keep going you know people will be like 
I, I work on a lot of different things at once and people are always like, oh my goodness, how do you sleep? And I'm like, I sleep a lot every night and that's why I can do it. <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> You're like, actually, that actually, is not my problem. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to bed early. I am, you know, like I'm taking breaks. I don't mm-hmm. work on the weekends when I don't have to. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's how I don't burn out is by allowing for those pauses. Right. Oh, Perfect. How can people connect with you and get more access to not only your book, but to Allison? Yeah. So the book is available, I believe, anywhere books are sold. Um, And I know the Strand in New York ships internationally and has some signed copies. And then um, I'm at Allison Raskin on social media. I also have my Instagram that's a mental health focus called Emotional Support Lady, which is also a sub stack with a weekly blog, advice column, and podcast. And then um, my weekly podcast is called Just Between Us. Which is perfect. Make sure you guys bookmark that. We're podcast heads over here. So we, <laughs> we're like always go down the rabbit hole. Make sure you listen to an episode, subscribe, review, and share it with someone you know who benefit from that episode, right? Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Allison, thank you so much for being with us. We honor your time and we appreciate you. Oh, this was so wonderful. I really appreciate it. Balance Bowl listeners, thank you as always for tuning in, pausing, distraction-free, hopefully, and making sure that you got these valuable balance tools to add to your life as well as those that are righteously connected to you. Until next time, I want you to do what I want you to do every time. Enjoy the balance of your day, but remember, do it boldly.